Welcome everybody. Hello, welcome back to a new Process Mining Cafe. Uh, today's Process Mining Cafe is about public administration. Uh, and I'm here today with three guests. Uh, and my three guests are uh, Vincent Berat, a Process Improvement Specialist. Hello, Vincent. Hey, thank you. Uh, Louis Ho, a Senior BI Specialist. Hi, Louis. Hi. Hi. And Richard Verheyen, a Consultant Advanced Analytics. Hi, Richard. Hi. Hi. So we're really glad to have you here in this session. Before we start, um, just a quick message again to all of you watching right now. As always, you can participate and join us in the discussion by joining the chat. So just below this video, uh, you can type in your name, join the chat, and there you can um, ask questions or make notes um, about what we're talking. And we will try to pick um, your points up in the discussion and, and incorporate them. Uh, here in the cafe. All right, so let's get started. And um, let's get started with the topic of today's session. So I think it's good maybe to briefly talk about, well, what is public administration in the first place? Do you have a definition or something like that? Yes. Uh, so public administration is actually just the implementation of government policy. Uh, what this means is that we do not fall directly under a government policy maker or a ministry, but we're a self-steering organization and we make our own policy, of course, within the rules of the law and uh, the laws that uh, the government decides. Uh, but the government in itself has limited control on how we implement the policy. Uh, and of course, in practice, it's a little bit more complicated than that. Uh, and I don't think we should go in all the details uh, here, but that's uh, the general uh, definition of uh, public administration. Right. But it is part of the of a government. And so it's not a private company, but part of part of the government. Yes, exactly. Yes. And, and what is the difference then between a public administration agency and, um, yeah, for example, a ministry? Do you, do you know that? Yeah, so UWV is a, an autonomous administrative authority, uh, ZBO in, in Dutch, and it's commissioned by the Ministry of Social Affairs and uh, Employment, the SZW. Uh, so we are uh, self-governing, but as Vincent said, we are operating under the laws of uh, what the government has set out for us. Right, right. Okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. And maybe it's it's good to, to mention because all three of you are working at, um, like you just said already, UBW. Now, UBW stands for the Dutch Employee Insurance Agency. And UBW is actually the yeah, the Dutch abbreviation for UWV, uh, which is the abbreviation for yeah. Dutch Employee Insurance Agency. But because it's short and because we're all used to saying it, probably we will say UBW a lot. So if you hear that, that's referring to the, the Dutch Employee Insurance Agency. In Dutch, it's a lot easier to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of flows. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So, so I think it's, it's interesting. Always, like people, of course, know that process mining can be applied anywhere, right? You everywhere where you can find a process, uh, you can apply process mining. But of course, the context where you apply it might be different. So, um, also different industries might have different types of processes, might have different focus areas um, for how these process can be analyzed so now looking at kind of government public administration agencies and private uh, companies yeah, i'm also wondering 
have has any of you maybe worked both in the public and the private sector do you see differences in style and culture anything that's that's worth men mentioning here I've worked in uh, both as a consultant in uh, both private and, 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 and public sector. And uh, yes, of course, the public sector tend to be more bureaucratic. Uh, however, the, uh, if you work for a large company compared to a small company, a large company also is tends to be more bureaucratic. Uh, I think that uh, something that's uh, the, the bureaucratic part is most noticeable in is when you buy a tool, for instance, or uh, do you, if you purchase services, because uh, most of the time you have to do it uh, by tender and it takes the speed out of the process. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. So it's a bit, little bit like a very large organization, but then with some additional rules to make exactly, sure exactly, money exactly. is spent yeah. Yeah, correctly. Yeah. All right. So maybe, yeah, let's talk a little bit more because that's, of course, where the three of you have, have your experience um, about UBB as an organization concretely. So can you explain what this agency does? Uh, yes. So at UBB, we uh, create social security for the Dutch workforce. Uh, and we do this in several ways. Uh, so first off, uh, one of the things that we do is providing benefits uh, for people uh, that are unemployed or not directly possible to uh, start working again for uh, whatever reason. This way, they will still be able to uh, pay their rent and uh, pay for food and water, drinks. Um, uh, so that's a very big and important part of what we do at UFA, but also uh, different things like social medical affairs, where we evaluate if uh, a person is sick and how sick he is, but also uh, look at uh, how can this person go back to work or find uh, different ways to enable a person to uh, go back to work. Uh, another big and important part, uh, I think for me also uh, a very good thing that we do is helping people find work. So uh, we are uh, looking at uh, what does a person want to do. And then we are also looking at how can we enable this person to find uh, a job that fits his uh, requirements and, and wants. And then uh, also because we are providing a lot of benefits uh, and, and doing a lot of things for people, uh, we also have to look at enforcement. So we have to make sure that uh, the money that we pay out is also enforced correctly and that uh, uh, we, we don't give money to people that uh, aren't entitled to it or are just not doing what they should be doing uh, in order to get the money. And the final point, and that's also really nice, is that we do a lot of data management and sharing um, And maybe it's, it would also be nice to put some numbers uh, with this. Yes, you brought some numbers, right? Let me, yes. let me see whether we can bring up uh, the slide uh, here. That gives an idea of the scale, right? So the yes. Netherlands has 17, 18 million inhabitants. That's exactly, yeah. And uh, I think at UEV we work with approximately 20,000 employees. Uh, so that also puts in perspective how much uh, how much uh, effort and time is put in into this. And uh, as you can see, we we uh, pay out uh, one million benefits uh, that was in 2020, uh, which accumulated to 20 billion euros. Uh, and that's also for a country that exists only for uh, 70 million people. Furthermore, we had uh, approximately 170,000 medical evaluations and uh, we share, uh, you can see, 20 billion data points to 1,200 active cons uh, consumers of the data. And with uh, the data consumers, you have to think about um, 
uh, organizations that uh, do statistics or uh, statistical bureaus uh, that we help uh, so they can define the market and see what's going on in the market. And then uh, people can also use that information in a, in a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really so. It's a, it's a really important component of the social system in in the country that the people, yeah, can rely Definitely. on if if they need work or if they don't have work or have have medical problems. Yeah. yeah so so yeah. Maybe one thing that we also wanted to uh, talk about in the session today, because there might be people watching from other also public administration backgrounds, maybe at different agencies, maybe in different countries, which um, yeah, are in a situation that they also say, well, our processes internally, they have to be efficient, they have to be running well. So we want to introduce process mining, right? And uh, so one mm -hmm. thing we wanted to talk about is like, yeah, how you introduce process mining and what your your advice is and your maybe your lessons learned and you put together like six strategies so yeah so let's let's maybe walk through these six strategies and the first one that you mentioned is training courses can you tell us what you did with training yes um so training courses is also really important uh Uh, for us to make sure that people know what we're doing, understanding also the data part of uh, their jobs and the processes that they work with. Uh, so with training courses, we enable people to also understand uh, what is happening at uh, uh, with process mining and how it works. And this uh, information they, they can take back to their own uh, department of divisions and they will then start thinking about, uh, okay, so how can we apply process mining in this process and how can we make sure this gets better uh, for us that helped really to get more projects uh, in process mining and uh, create a, a pool from the organization. And it's really interesting. We uh, set up uh, three different uh, levels of uh, process mining uh, training courses uh, in which uh, the first level, we just gave uh, them a basic understanding of how process mining works and uh, like uh, a training in also disco and um they will get a, a general idea of how it works. And I think that's the most important one uh, to create pool and uh, people want uh, to find projects in their own uh, part of the organization. And then we have uh, two more levels in which uh, people really get uh, experienced in uh, process mining. Yeah. That, that would have also been one of one of my questions like who when you organize a training like that i mean you are mm -hmm. coming from the process improvement team uh, when you organize the training one of the questions is like who do you invite for these trainings right are these other analysts are these people who are working or responsible for these processes how how did you choose them Uh, so we uh, chose as many different people as possible so also mm -hmm. from uh, the operation uh, a lot of people uh, because uh, Uh, this will uh, also help us uh, in the future uh, when we are trying to do projects and uh, implement improvements uh, based on the process mining or, or find problems that we want to solve. These people will also have a more better understanding of how process mining works. Uh, and then this way we can uh, make uh, improvement projects easier to go. Uh, and this also helps with uh, helping the organization become uh, more data driven, which is also an important uh, aspect. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that was organized by your by your team, right? Uh, Louis and okay. Richard, were you also involved in, in these trainings or not? Uh, at first uh, we were, however, uh, and, and uh, uh, we've put on a, a special case, uh, which we'll tell uh, about, uh, and I think uh, sometime, uh, it's uh, the, 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 the now measure. 
So we don't do any training. Uh, the training part is done by Vincent and uh, some other guys. Yeah. We we did do it in initially. In, in, initially, yes, but now it's, it's, it has been taken over. Yeah. 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 They, they did the difficult part of making the training <laughs> and now uh, we can just uh, roll it out. <laughs> roll it out. <laughs> Great. So, so the training is like the first strategy and an important component really to create the awareness um, in this organization, what ProSmining is and how it works. Um, so, so that's that's great. The second one that you yeah, mentioned, the, or you want to say something more about the training? Oh, yeah, I, I wanted to go to the second one. Oh, the, yeah, the second one is the lunch update. So what is a lunch update? Exactly. Uh, so uh, we do a lunch update with our, all our stakeholders. Uh, so from every different part of the organization, we invited uh, the stakeholders that we have. And uh, in this lunch update, we tell them about the different projects that we have within the organization. We tell about the progress that we have uh, and, and also the value that we offer to uh, the different departments. And um, I think also this creates a lot of pool from the organization. People see uh, a project that's going really well in uh, their division or department, and they will start thinking, okay, maybe this is also something that we can do over at our department. Uh, it's always uh, well visited, I think. Uh, we have yeah. around 50, 50 visitors, 50 to 100 visitors uh, each time. Mm -hmm. So that also says something about interest people has, uh, have about mm -hmm. in process mm -hmm. mining. Yeah. Interesting. And this is then really about ongoing projects. So it's not just about general information and the technique, but it's really they get a peek, let's say, what is already being done and analyzed. Yes, yeah. exactly. So they get a peek in the projects and the actual status, uh, the different things that we uh, face uh, doing these projects. Uh, and that's, uh, well, that gives everybody a little bit more insight in what's also possible with process mining. Yeah. And how often did you have um, these lunch updates? We do these every six weeks, I believe. Uh, five five weeks. weeks. Five. Okay. Okay. Okay, very good. So that's the second strategy. The, the third strategy that you mentioned is Scrum. Can you explain? Yeah. So, well, because the first two uh, things, strategies worked so well, uh, we got a lot of projects also and a lot of work. Uh, and uh, also with the project that uh, Louis, uh, Richard and Louis are, is going to tell about later, uh, that takes a lot of time and we have to uh, use our time in the best possible way. Uh, so... Uh, one of the ways that we do that is uh, by going Scrum. And um, yeah, so we're just looking at uh, how can we make our time most valuable. And uh, that's uh, it's a very easy and basic thing to adapt. But for us, it's really helped us to also uh, help uh, do our projects more effectively. Okay. So that's the that's basically the strategy applies to the way that you do the projects that you... That you yeah. um, Again, okay. Also have like uh, a backlog and see what projects need to be done first and uh, with what projects can we uh, put uh, on hold for a minute and uh, where can we help each other best. Yeah, exactly. I mean, most people probably are familiar with this uh, Scrum and Agile methodologies already, but yeah, maybe can you just mention the main kind of the main ingredients that are important in this approach that maybe uh, make it different from a, from a very traditional project approach? 
so uh, for us, uh, and, and we are still learning in it, so we're still uh, trying to develop the best uh, method for us in which we can incorporate everything. Uh, but the most important is the thing is also to keep uh, on learning and uh, making sure that uh, you have uh, a few uh, things uh, you have to do, doing, uh, done, uh, but also a backlog in which you uh, can prioritize and uh, weekly, uh, in our case, uh, weekly uh, meet up and see what, how everything is going. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really yeah interesting how that's uh, that approach is uh, applied really more broadly and widely. So also in in government yeah. organizations, it's it's a good good approach. Okay, so then the fourth strategy um, that you mentioned is going horizontal. What what do you mean by that? Yes, so uh, UVA is uh, a government organization and we have a lot of uh, different divisions in which each division offers maybe one service or a different service. Uh, so we have, for example, a division that's called enforcement uh, and that has their own job, uh, but also a different division uh, that is social medical affairs. Now, these uh, two divisions interact a lot, uh, but uh, it's also... Uh, Uh, that these divisions are self-steering in a way or in a sense and the KPIs that they target are uh, mostly based on the work that they do themselves. So what we're trying to do is uh, look at how a customer uh, goes through the processes and a customer, I will talk about that maybe later also, uh, is for us our client. So the person that receives the social medical uh, um, uh, evaluation um, but we try to follow uh, how the customer goes through the processes in order to make sure that uh, when there are bottlenecks between the different divisions, we can uh, find them and uh, also improve them. Yeah. Okay. And is that a little bit like uh, taking the horizontal view, so looking across all the different touch points that this person is coming in contact with, is that maybe a little bit related to what people sometimes refer to customer journey perspective or customer focused perspective? Um, yeah, for our, for us, it's also uh, the customer journey, of course, but for us, it's also about uh, working in a Lean Six Sigma way in which mm -hmm. we look uh, at who is going to be the end user or the end customer of our project. And in this case, uh, if we look at that, then we also have to look at uh, more horizontal processes. Yeah. So that you're not optimizing a small part of the process. Exactly. And, exactly. But yeah. look at the global optimum, let's say. Yeah, and this is also really difficult. Uh, and, and I think that will also touch the next point because uh, the different divisions um, have their own systems, uh, also legacy systems in which they work. Uh, and that creates also a very uh, well, difficult uh, technical landscape in which all the different divisions Uh, have um, different ways of registering uh, their uh, work. Uh, so maybe, Louis, you can tell us also a little yeah. bit more about that. So having uh, created an awareness of process mining uh, within the stakeholders, uh, it's down to the real work. It's to get an event law out of the system, and that's uh, the the most fun part, but also the most challenging part because the systems within UFA are not linked. Um, so we have to get, our, uh, yeah, have, have to get down to work uh, with also getting the stakeholders involved in crafting an event log in which they uh, can identify with, with the activities that are being mined uh, as well as creating a 
a um, uh, event log that is able to map out their process. So, yeah, so we, we, we uh, what we typically do is we involve a, a, a subject matter expert or a process expert uh, who can explain the different activities uh, that they want to see in the event log. And then we'll see how we are able to uh, get it out, extracted out from the systems. And yeah. and then yeah, so that's that's uh, that's our added value to to not uh, make the the ETL process uh, data pre preparation black box, but to also take them along into seeing how, in the end they can see how all the activities are being uh, visualized. Yeah, in the end, <laughs> in the end, that's the goal. Yeah, but how do you do this then with the previous point? doing this horizontally if different divisions use different systems do you yeah. first go to one division work with them on one system for example or no actually it goes simultaneously so uh, per, uh, when we get the question to to start process mining i'll we'll start to sit sit together to get, to get everybody involved uh, in the session and and try to map it out like uh i need certain activities within a database or uh, or or uh, several databases uh how does the process activities map out to system activities? And that's where uh, the, the, the process expert or system expert will come into play. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll, we'll spar with them into uh, getting a, a, a timestamp and, and type of activity so that we can mine it. Yeah. Yeah. And with different divisions, you also have to get those stakeholders together from the different uh, yes. divisions or the experts uh, in order to make sure that there is uh, a possible link and how we can find that link. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think what's important here, what I'm hearing is that you're starting... Yeah, with the um, domain experts, um, with the people who know the process, who basically tell you, well, to follow this process, to analyze it, I would need to see these and these and these activities. And then you go look for timestamps for these activities in the systems to put the event together, right? Okay. Yes, exactly. Yeah, sometimes it's a, a bit challenging to get them to understand what we are doing. Uh, but once they're in process mining and they see uh, a a minimum viable product, the initial event log, then they'll be thinking with us, what else can be mined from that? So yeah, that's the fun part. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, so thinking about this kind of getting the ETL to work uh, process. So you start with maybe a first session, defining the data points, having a first data extract. How, what's your experience? Uh, probably it doesn't it doesn't go right the first time, but you have probably multiple iterations. Do you have data validation sessions with them? How do you do this? Yes. So what we do is we try to map out the process uh, technically, I mean, system-wise. Uh, we try to map out the activities, and it's never going to be there right the first time. But what we do is we start with a small event log and what we have. And I would typically say we have weekly sessions presenting the data set that we have mm -hmm. and try to first further enhance it. And then maybe within, I don't know, maybe a month we'll have an event, or maybe even earlier. Yeah. But, but I think it's yeah. most, most important to have a rhythm. Uh, uh, 
So let's say every two weeks uh, we meet again and then we show what have we done, how does the event log looks ri- right now. Yeah. And so can we, see, we can receive feedback. And I think that's a really important one to have a rhythm in it. Yeah. That, that, what I'm what I'm also hearing is exactly this rhythm, this regular uh, regularity to do it every week, every two weeks, but also to do it iteratively and to start with maybe a few data points, but then expanding it because then you are seeing, well, this is what we have, but maybe we have a blind spot still now in this area of the process, right? We usually, we? usually work with, uh, with yeah. minimum viable products. So uh, we also, we always ask the questions, uh, what are the least amount of process steps we mm-hmm. need to monitor and uh, we need to, to, to have in a data set to monitor the whole process. Uh, and, and then if the interest is there, if demand, if demand grows, yeah. then you have to ask yourself, what is the next most important step to add? Or which step can I delete? Because yeah. uh, some steps uh, like writing in an internal memo about the application or something, uh, they can happen in, in every point in time uh, uh, in a uh, in a process, and uh, they, if they're not really important, just leave them out. Yeah, yeah. This is what in the pros mining world we sometimes call these um, spider, spider activities, activities, right? They're messing up just, the whole. Just delete those spider. Activities. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll put the the reference when we have the the notes for the for the cafe. I can include the link for the people who, who uh, are new to this. Maybe uh, it's a question we can pick up from the chat that fits in here very well because we are still talking about the data preparation. So Nick is asking, in creating the event logs, what is the average percentage spent in data uh, pre-processing? That's actually a difficult question because it's, because an, of ongoing, the uh, it's, yeah. it's an ongoing process. Because yeah. um, we're going to tell about a, a, a case we're, we're working on. We've been working on it for one and a half years. So there's not an average time spent. However, for a minimal viable product, let's say it can be done in a week's time. Yeah. Is that correct? I would uh, say if, if, if I were by myself trying to get the uh, the stakeholders to 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 share the the process and doing it i would say 80% of my time is spending time in the systems trying to get a an event log out of it mm. so and the yeah. other yeah if you if you know the requirements once you know the requirements you have access to the data <laughs> Uh, my experience that you can do it in, 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 in days to, to a week. Yeah. I, th- I think that's really maybe the power, the way I hear it, of this iterative and this minimum viable product approach uh, that you're uh, following here is that you can show something quickly because that's what people are often worried about when they're worried about the data preparation and it's taking 70, 80% of the project. The fear is that it takes 70, 80% of the whole duration of a, like a long time until you can show something. But if you can make these cycles small, I think that's a really big benefit. Exactly. That's yeah. where a tool like Disco comes in handy because you can really quickly show the process and uh, that helps the stakeholders. Yeah. yeah. And they can also validate, right? Because often you have to see what comes out of it to notice something isn't quite right yet, actually. Yes. Uh, very often what I would like to see is the, the um, theoretical model, process model being mapped out in a tool like Disco, seeing the same exact same process. But of course, what you see is 
often a spaghetti and uh, you try to tone it down and maybe you can see a, a theoretical model coming out of it. So that would be great. Yeah, you're trying to get close as close as you can. Yes, to. yes. <laughs> Yeah. So I th yeah, I think that gives a gives an overview about the the approach and the strategies that you use. Um, the last strategy that you mentioned is um, creating change. That's of course yeah. once you have some analysis insights, you have to do something with them. So how do you do that? How you affect? How do you affect change? Yeah. So it sounds uh, very easy creating change, uh, <laughs> but it's something that we already have to start with at the beginning of a, of a project. So we have to uh, get the right people in the room, get the right people to understand what process mining is and how they can uh, apply it for uh, their uh, for their work or how we can uh, use it to improve uh, the processes. And we have uh, several other strategies like uh, making sure uh, that we have a, a business owner or process owner Uh, for um, the division that we are working for at that moment. And this also helps by uh, determining which projects are uh, the most important at what time. Yeah, and again, having a, a certain rhythm in it uh, also helps uh, implementing change. Yeah. Because it, it, it's not then a one-off, like we haven't done analysis and now we're done. So you keep doing it every week or yeah. every two weeks or something. And something that we also, uh, to add to that, do is uh, trying to monitor uh, our um, our improvements. So we set up uh, a set of uh, KPIs uh, after we do our projects, and then we say, okay, now make these improvements, and in half a year or a few months, uh, we're going back and to look how have those improvements been made and what's the impact of those improvements. And also top-down support really helps in creating change. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, that's a very good tip, very good point. So you have to actually start there, create the buy-in that you need before you start the initiatives to make sure that people actually do something yes. with, with the points. Yeah, if, if a manager says, we're going to, to do, uh, do process mining and you have to, we're going to uh, do a process improvement uh, uh, process, it works a lot better than uh, from down bottom up. Yeah, yeah. And then that combined with this rhythm of regularly showing incremental updates also helps to have kind of an action point list that you can check check the status on. Did we already do anything with these improvements? Did we did we make some change uh, yes. and to follow up on that? Hmm. Okay, so yeah, so we also have another slide, right? Just to basically summarize um, these six six strategies that you that you explained. And um, so actually, let me see, because we get some more questions um, from the community in the chat. So, yeah, maybe let's pick this question also right here. Sure. I think it fits. So one more question is, before the start of the project, do you use some kind of a checklist to determine whether process mining can be used or not? So that's maybe even before you start creating the data. I think Leon has... Uh We have, list, uh, right? we have a very beautiful yeah. uh, canvas, uh, which canvas. we also use. Um, and we also have like several checklists also uh, regarding the data, if, mm -hmm. if the data set or uh, the log is complete, uh, but also canvas in which we check uh, all the necessary requirements, in which we also try to um, get down to what's the basic question that needs answered with yeah. process mining. Yeah, whether process mining is suitable for that or not. Yeah. yeah. And then also, like, do you want to do conformance checking or uh, something else? And uh, that uh, 
that's also what we're looking at then at the start. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yes. Um, okay. So one more question that we uh, got from Rudy is um, he's asking government organizations often work together with the chain of policymakers to track process uh, to track processes across agencies. Did you work in such a project to track the process from one agency to another? No. Not yet. We're going to, by the way. Okay. But uh, not yet. Okay. So all within UVV uh, so yeah, far. All within uh, UVV. Okay. Um, yeah, and then one more question from Dan: uh, What methods do you use um, next to process mining in order to create change? Um, for example, specific lean methods or. Uh, the fun thing is, uh, uh, I'm going to tell you a, a, a case about the now measure, uh, which Louis and I are, uh, have been uh, uh, involved in. And uh, it's a new process, and uh, we don't new use lean. We don't lose used lean six sigma, uh, but it's it's new, and the process uh, improvement mentality is there. So if you get the the, the right amount of people together, yeah. support with data, then they'll the, 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 because there's still a mentality, they instantly make changes. So without a framework or something, because there's pressure. They uh, they start implementing it. Uh, however, of course, uh, we do use uh, a lean mythology. Mm -hmm. We don't use uh, Six Sigma really. It's just uh, okay, more lean. Yeah, more, yeah. based uh, of of course aided with process mining. Yeah. Okay. Great. All right. So I think that's a it's a nice overview of the, the the strategies how you how you introduce but also use process mining within the organization. I think a, a lot of good tips uh, for people out there watching and maybe planning to do something similar in their in their own organization as well. Um, we also wanted to look at the goals. Um, so um, yeah, on the one hand side. Uh, you mentioned that becoming a data-driven organization is a goal and becoming customer-oriented. So maybe can we yeah, briefly talk about these goals? Also, for example, yes. why is becoming data-driven a goal? Uh, what's behind that? Uh, well, uh, for the organization UFA, uh, if you look at uh, the data-driven uh, working mat uh, maturity, uh, We have a Thomas Davenport model. Uh, UFA is still between stage one and two at the moment. And also from um, uh, well, from the old times, uh, the organization is more looking back uh, to of, of, uh, at this data. So it's accountability information that we provide, uh, which is very logical because we have to account. Uh, yeah, we, we have to tell uh, the people why we were doing it and what, what money we spent on what. But uh, it's also very important to start uh, looking at the now or even looking forward and uh, looking at what uh, are uh, possible ways that things are going and uh, just making predictive uh, models in that. Um, and we are trying, uh, we are also looking at how can we make predictive models at the moment. Uh, but something else is that we are looking uh, or how we are enabling uh, UFA to do this is by also connecting the data landscape. So something that Lewis is really uh, good at is um, getting the data from the different divisions together and seeing what are the possible connecting uh, ways uh, that we do this. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's also by creating a, a data-driven culture. 
uh, by training our colleagues and working together on data, uh, we are making sure that uh, people understand how data can be used in the organization. And that's also uh, really important to become more data-driven uh, as an organization. Um, uh, for, for example, uh, uh, quality control uh, traditionally uses samples. So mm -hmm. if they, there are 2,000 cases, they take... Uh, 10% or something, and they, they, they review each one of them. And now, with conformance checks, they only review uh, uh, cases that have a, a deviating process. So, uh, they can do a 100% check yeah. instead of just look at a small sample. Yeah, so you really increase the, the quality of the quality exactly. control. So, that, that is the, the data-driven quality control. Mm -hmm. That works great, really. Yeah. And also uh, a big part is, uh, I, I think, to become uh, more uh, customer oriented. And uh, with customer, first of uh, I mean, uh, again, our clients. Uh, so the people that we uh, give benefits or uh, that we uh, help with social medical affairs. Uh, and that's also a really important uh, goal for UFA. I think uh, it was also in the news uh, for the last few months uh, in, in the Netherlands uh, that we also have to have a human measure uh, within our government organizations, uh, which means that we also have to uh, look sometimes a little bit outside of the law if uh, some uh, case or uh, something happens that we cannot uh, exact, uh, th that we cannot solve within uh, the current laws that there are. So we also have to um, uh, look at how can we uh, make sure that every case is handled as good as possible. Yeah. Okay. So it becomes also, yeah, it's more of a central value that, that you need to somehow implement then also in, in the processes yeah. to make sure it's, this is followed. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yes. so we're also yeah. trying to become uh, more customer-oriented. Uh, and we have several ways of, of doing this. Uh, first of, uh, to try to create synergy between the divisions. Mm -hmm. And so that they are talking also about a little bit about the customer journey. So how is uh, a customer uh, going through the processes and how can we uh, make sure that it's uh, as, as fluid as possible or as good as possible? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we're looking at how can we improve the processes with the customer in mind uh, and finally uh, which is also uh, I think a really interesting topic and uh, something that Lewis and Richard can tell a lot more about uh, is by monitoring our uh, business process or the, the processes and making sure that there, there are no cases falling through the cracks yeah, exactly we wanted to look at one project that uh, you performed recently in more in more detail and so you're now going to tell a little bit more about about this project right Richard and yes Lewis? yes yes uh, uh, Lewis and I were working on the the, the now measure uh, uh, and the now measure is a, uh, a corona lockdown measure of the, the government uh, it's one of the it's the most important economical measure to help uh, prevent bankruptcies and to keep uh, let people keep their job. Mm -hmm. uh, Louis, do you want to tell something about yes. it? So during the Corona crisis, uh, the government came up with a uh, temporary measure, the temporary emergency bridging measure. Now, <laughs> mouthful. 
what what that means is that uh, a company which has at least a 20% turnover loss can apply for a compensation for wages and fixed costs uh, up to 80 to 90% of wages and 30, 40% markup for the fixed costs such as uh, rent. So how does it work is you can apply if you do have a turnover loss, you apply through a portal and then you can receive an advancement based on the estimate of your turnover loss so that um, yeah, so you can bridge the gap and hopefully we, we save some companies from uh, going bankrupt because it, in the end we'll still need to pay the wages. But if we can save a company by, by helping them uh, uh, play, pay, pay the, the employee uh, wages, uh, the, so this, this measure is, uh, is helping to bridge that gap. And this also uh-huh. really helped in not having to fire a lot of employees, yes. so they would still exactly. be able to get uh, stay have their jobs. Mm-hmm. So yes. just just to show how big uh, this uh, this measure was, uh, uh, Anna, can you show the a sheet with uh, uh, some numbers? Mm, is it this one? The uh, next one. Oh yeah, that's right. Yes. The the, the you, you can go back back. So uh, I think the, the the Dutch listeners really know the now measure because it's in mm-hmm. the in the week almost uh, in, in the media almost every week. I think even today it's uh, it's in the media. If you're not from from Holland, you can go to business.gov.nl and look it up. Perhaps if uh, you don't know of it and you work in the Netherlands, if you have a company in the Netherlands, you can also still apply for it. <laughs> but uh, can you go to yeah yes? So this one. Uh, it's it's in Dutch, but it 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 shows really the the, the enormities of skills. Yeah. So we have different uh, application periods. So uh, uh, application periods is for for three months of salaries for for your, employ- your employees. Uh, one time it was for four months, but and uh, you can see in total until now we have paid uh, more than 19 billion euros to employers. That's it's for a small country as Holland. That that's a lot, <laughs> and uh, especially if you see that the, the amount of employees we pay compensations for is enormous. For example, for the first application period, we have uh, paid compensation for more than two and a half million employees, uh, employers, uh, which accounts for around thirty percent of the whole Dutch working population. I have to say that uh, a lot of these, some of these compensation have to pay back because uh, uh, s- some uh, employees were not eligible or didn't have that uh, turnover loss at all. Um, it's 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 enormous. It's uh, the, the the most. Uh, uh, I'm I'm scared of that that amount of money. Uh, uh, so we we start process mining this. Um, uh, and I think it's it's, it's really a, a big success what we've done, both in terms of, of uh, financial impact, viewers on our dashboards, uh, people who are working with, with process mining, the amount of process improvements is enormous what we've done with, uh, uh, based on, on our dashboards and our insights. And um, uh, Louis and I are going to talk about uh, not the, really the emphasis on the technical aspect, but what are the success factors that really helped us yeah. uh, implement uh, process mining within the, within the organization? Yeah. 
exactly. You identified six success factors, right? And the first one uh, that you mentioned is pressure. So what is what do you mean by pressure? Why was that a success factor for this project? Well, you have to understand, people were going bankrupt. It was a lockdown. So people needed money, and they needed the money fast. Uh, IBFA, uh, 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 they've implemented this process within three weeks. And I think the, the people who worked on it deserved a medal for, the, for, for it. Because three weeks for such a, a process is incredibly short amount of time. Yeah, a completely it's, it's new really process, like you mentioned, right? A completely it didn't exist new before. process. Yeah. It didn't exist for in three weeks. It's not normal. Mm. Uh, what really helped was that it was a simple process. Uh, the idea is simple. If you have, a, you think you have a turnover loss, you can apply. And then you get money. However... It's not that simple because it's something we, do, we have to do some checks, etc. etc. It's not that really that simple. Um, but the thing is with pressure, and in, in Holland there's a saying, uh, under pressure every, everything becomes a liquid. But you saw that divisions that weren't used to work together suddenly work together. People work day and night. They work yeah. shoulder to shoulder. Uh, that also accounts for uh, Lewis and I. We also work day and night to get the analysis done. Mm. Uh, but pressure and, and, and urgency really helped helped us in, the, in, the, in this project. The next factor, uh, what would help is, is working with the NVP. Yes. Minimal viable project. project. Because during the three weeks period, people were implementing, uh, designing the, the, the process. Uh, we could not interfere. We were given orders, uh, Richard and Lewis, leave them alone. Because they work on the process. Uh, afterwards, you can get your data. Uh, Lewis, how do we do the, the test, uh, working with the test files? How did we? We used, uh, yeah, we received... Excel files, CSV files to, to mine, and um, are we going into the architecture? Okay, I'll, we, we, we'll skip, we'll do that, uh, that, that later. Uh, what really helped us is that they, uh, 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 when making, designing the process, they showed to everyone what's, what is the current state of the processes. So after uh, for the one week, they thought, okay, we think the process is going to look this way. Mm -hmm. And if there was a development, they really were transparent and, and showed it to us. So we could do our analysis. Yeah. And at the end of uh, the three-week periods, they started testing. And we asked them, can we also have the test data? And based on yes. the test data, we made our model. Yes. So we, with the test data, we already prepared um, an, a sample event log. So just in case... You know, when when they have the real data, we can immediately start mining and starting uh, start to uh, show the process flow. So so we we did have a start, and usually, yeah, uh, we try we try we we were involved in the beginning uh, with the simulation with the test data, so we could already try to. Uh, uh, model the the process uh, 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 event log yeah, yeah. Did, did you had to did you have to ensure that the data uh, produced by the new system was suitable for process mining or was it automatically suitable already? well uh, we didn't have that um, 
luxury of of getting them to prepare the data for us. So a lot of the data is pre-processed by us. Mm. So we did we did have to tell them to not change certain you know column sizes or, or or switch around the columns because we would have to reprogram everything. But um, yeah, uh, ch- changes did did come, but uh we we there were some moments where we had to stay up late to 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 model the the data again it's it's never fun but we were ready because we were anticipating changes because it's it's a new process new process so suddenly a step was oh no we're not going to do step we're going to do another step okay we have to rechange our model and also you have to understand sometimes we didn't even have timestamp in the data so we have to be really creative in how to get, how do we get the timestamp in data which don't have does doesn't have a timestamp. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking about, right? If the format uh, changes and you have to change again, that's one thing. But if essential cross money information is missing, like if you don't have the timestamp, then yeah, that's something uh, what, that may what, be difficult to work around. What we did was we put the timestamp in the title of mm-hmm. a of a file, yeah. and then use it the the the, the title to give uh, every uh, activity in that file the, the, that timestamp. Uh, so we had to be really creative. We had yeah. to be really creative, yeah. <laughs> and also, you have to imagine there was not a data warehouse or something because the, 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 there was there wasn't any data yet. Yeah. Uh, uh, and also, we have to be really specific, and that's why working with MVP really comes in handy. In what are we going to monitor? Because we have to ask, we have to really bother IT to get those data, and they were really busy. Yeah. Uh, but I think uh, after a, a week within going live, we could show uh, data to our uh, to the program management, mm-hmm. and uh, it was an immediate, immediate success. Yeah. Uh, program management really took it by heart, and even the first conformance checks are, was done by uh, program management because they saw, okay, this is the process, the, these are the process paths, uh, this is happy flow. I think this is deviation. We're going to look up what's going on. Yeah. So the first conformance checks were done by by management actually. Okay, yeah. So not you and the process mining analyst did it for them, but they immediately could take really? up this task themselves. Yes, because initial our initial focus was on strategic level, high top, uh, high over management being able to see where all the uh, customers were. You know uh, how the whole process is flowing. So, so initially we prepared it for them, but they also they were also hands on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have so to understand. Uh, the program team didn't know what because they, they they made a, a process in three weeks, but didn't know, didn't know what what to expect. Are ten thousand people are going to apply? Are two hundred thousand people are going to to apply? Yeah. And our data really, really helped them. But they did have a very good knowledge of the process. The theoretical process yeah yeah so yeah yeah i can i can imagine yes another factor i think um is that we could monitor the process from day one or actually after week but from the start yeah and uh what that really helped us was uh, you start with a small amount of variance and it keeps developing it keeps growing but you see it's uh, you see the development going. So you see new variants existing, new, new variants developing. And with the, with the team, you look at the new variants and you, you think, okay, why is that one 
uh, developing in the, the, that way, and you can immediately intervene. And there, uh, with a new process, there's still a uh, uh, an, an, an agile mentality and improvement mentality to take out the the, the child sickness of the, uh, of the of the process. You can really leverage it if you if, if you uh, give them uh, process flows that should not be there. Be there. Mm. Immediately take take action instead of it's. Uh, uh, if you do process uh, uh, process mining at a process that has been going on for ten years, well, good luck with uh, changing them. Uh, and right now you can you can you can kill something that that, that shouldn't be be done immediately, or you can uh, make changes immediately. So yeah. that's my advice to you guys. Start with process mining from day one. Yeah. So Shall I share something? Show. Yes. About the architecture. Yes. Because of the short amount of time, startup uh, time we had, uh, it's not that we don't have data warehouses in, uh, in UFA. It's just that a lot of our sources are not connected. So if couldn't you just show the slide? Yeah, so... Each data file is from a different source. It could be an official letter. It could be a registration form portal. It could be um, a certain step that a uh, an employee of UFA has to carry out. So payment, um, yeah. payments. So everything that is important, we we mine, and uh, all these files we collect. Uh, we unfortunately don't have a data warehouse that. Uh, we could use at a point or suitable. So what we did was we collected all the CSV or Excel files together and uh, decided that we were going to use Microsoft Power BI as an event law maker. As uh, it's, it's yes, it's it's not the fastest. It's not some some people wouldn't call it an ETL tool. It's uh, but uh, at that point in time. Uh, it was the best tool because it, we had it and it was very compatible with CSV and Excel files. It so works. that's that. Yeah. And it works. So uh, we did run into some problems where we, where we gathered more sources uh, at one point in time, we had to refresh the event log. It took us six hours, <laughs> uh, but we had to, uh, after some opt optimization, we took it down to, to less than an hour. So, uh, yeah. But now we are at 10, 10 minutes right now. Yeah, I had to write, rewrite some code, uh, but it, it worked. But it, uh, often we, when we added the source, we, we often had to think like, uh, is it going to slow down our process uh, a lot, our refresh process a lot, or is this uh, a step really important? Is this activity really important to mine that we should include it? So we were constantly sparring about what kind of insight we're going to bring into the, the, the overall uh, uh, event log. And then after producing an event log, we push it to a Power BI dashboard. Uh, we're going to show you uh, one later. And uh, it works quite well because we were able to, uh, we did build one dashboard from ground up that is, uh, able to show the same variants that you see in Disco. So it, it, it can use the directly follows algorithm. So uh, we did re reproduce it. So I'm quite happy with that because it powers all of the dashboards that we uh, currently have 
uh, that we're using in, at UFA. So I'm, I'm really happy with that because we're able to do conformance checking uh, and other, you know, traditional BI with the dashboard. Uh, after, yeah, after the data is being refreshed, uh, we publish it on the report server so that our audience can see it. I think Lou is still being modest because what he has done is he made a tool, an approach mining tool. He wrote that in Power BI. And that's just a stroke of genius. And that's just, <laughs> just what, what, what we need because um, uh, there was uh, demand for process mining, uh, also demand for insight in case handling and, and, and just BI insight. And with Power BI, we could combine those two. Uh, we didn't have fancy process flows like uh, like disco has but we do have uh, the, 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 uh, the process paths and you have to understand that uh, it's a one-off uh, so you have to apply and then it ends and then we yeah we don't really have to look at process flows or do 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 black belts at projects it just uh, uh, it's a one-time thing so for us the, 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 this works uh, should we show uh, uh, a sample of our dashboard? Let's take a look at it, yes. Yeah. So, uh, sorry I don't uh, show you any numbers because uh, the, the numbers are going to the ministry and the media. Um, and there might be a difference because you look at another time in the dashboard, there could be discussion. So, uh, I'll just leave them out. I could have used dummy data, but I didn't have time. Uh, what we see there, so in the left corner, uh, it's going. This is a uh, the process for the uh, final settlement. So you've done a uh, advancement. Uh, you think uh, you, you thought, uh, okay, my company is, is having a thirty percent uh, turnover loss. Uh, that, that, that's my estimate. However, you get uh, you really had a forty percent estimate loss. So then you have to apply for a settlement to get those money for that additional 10% uh, 10 revenue loss. Um, so left, you see uh, 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 people are uh, uh, applicate, uh, the, 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 make use of the, of the portal for application. So the Dutch is aanvraag in PC is the most left, uh, left, uh, uh, left block. And then you see uh, it goes to uh, data services. They make patches. They 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 they, they. Uh, they screen the uh, application. Screen applications, and then you have two options, or we do have to do some checks again. So it goes below. It's called uh, outfall, uh, which is which which says for uh, for misfits or something. Or uh, I told you have to really do, to do some checks, or you uh, uh, can get some money. So we get a you you. you uh, so it says aanbieden betaling fes means uh, 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 you, you're going to have to, to get some money or you have to pay some back. And you also can up, uh, apply for a payment arrangement. And on the most the, 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 the right part, you can see how many uh, people have paid uh, uh, compensation back to, uh, to, to the UFA or get paid by the UFA. And on the, the bottom left, you also can see the amount of objections. So this is just a typical basic process flow that we show. And we show the numbers, uh, where's everything in the big machine. Um, I think we have around 15 
dashboards right now, 15 dashboard active, all for different purposes. And this is just a typical first page uh, for our dashboards. Yeah. The second yeah. page is a process flow, which uh, you, you typically also see in Disco, if you can show that one, Anna. Mm-hmm. So this is what you also would sh- see in Disco, the amount of process variations, what's the end event log, you can search uh, things up. And other pages in those dashboards are just typical BI insights. So case handling, case durations, etc. So really meant for operations. Yeah. I think what's what's really also interesting about this is that you needed, of course, this monitoring tool for this particular situation, that you have this new process that people have to monitor in a regular on a regular basis and um, I think the whole way of working right you built these dashboards but what I also found really interesting about your project is the way of working how you how you applied this and worked with it um, with these people so I, I understand this is also what the the remaining two success factors are about yeah. right so exactly, please tell exactly. us tell us more yeah, about this I will uh, just uh, one thing about the dashboards because I think it's a tip to integrate Process mining into your dashboards is a really good combination because you can see uh, not only your how uh, how many cases are still open, but if there's a case which has a long, uh, a long a long case duration, why is it not being handled? What is the process flow until now? Uh, the two remaining success factors are uh, what I like to call the, the quality tri- triangle. Mm-hmm. You can show, show this side. So these are the people that are working with process mining. First of all, uh, we get a high support from high lock-in from program management. Um, but you have uh, on one on one hand we we make insight we, we do insights for information management. Uh, 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 we meet with them every week. And uh, we do insights in other processes running as they should should be. But uh, most importantly, is the data going well from one application to another? Uh, is there not something leaked away? Is everything going well from one uh, to, to, to another? Um, the second uh, uh, type of clients we have is quality control. And what we do with them is quality uh, conformance checks. Every variant we've ever had is being checked by them, is being evaluated. Mm-hmm. Is it a good flow or is it a worthy of investigation flow or a bad flow? Uh, and also we have operations uh, and we help them by showing them case handling. And what's really interesting uh, that they collaborate together and they work together. So if Quality, uh, uh, we have conformance uh, check sessions. So if, if we have a new variant, you can uh, they have sessions to, to evaluate it. We're going to tell you something about it uh, in a minute. Uh, but also information management is present there. So they also have insight in, hey, which is, are the processes going well? But they, they help each other. So if quality control sees signals something like, uh, okay, we see a processing going, going wrong, um, need to uh, make an, uh, other work instructions, they uh, to collaborate with operations. Or if they uh, see that uh, processes are going wrong, they can make a suggestion to information management uh, uh, for, uh, uh, I would recommend to adjust your process so, so it's going, so going better. 
also with information management and operations, uh, information management can also instruct operations. We think we are you're not using uh, 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 you're not following instructions or something. Please adjust your way of working or the other way around, of course. So it's just we don't have lean method. It's just these three uh, parties working together, collaborating, which I think is a, a, a big uh, ingredient of success for uh, process improvement. Yeah, yeah. So really different teams with very different responsibilities collaborating yeah. through okay. the process mining. They, they, they work shoulder to shoulder, aided by our insights. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, really really nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and I've, I've never seen this 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 way of collaborating anywhere else, by the way. Yeah. And it's really under pressure, right? I think uh, that's also pressure. a special situation. So people really are in a different mode uh, to, to work together. Exactly. exactly. Mm. Uh, it also helps that uh, process really is central. So you have one division handling, just one division handling cases, not five uh, offices uh, spread out through uh, whole Holland. Uh, so it's uh, the, the central process also helps. So there's one information management, there's one, uh, one team, one quality control team, etc. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's uh, yeah. That was one of the success factors that uh, that you mentioned, and I think the last one is um, the you, you called it a heartbeat, but that's we we just talked about it a little bit before already, right? It's exactly what you mentioned earlier, that it's important to have a rhythm, to have something that you come back to uh, regularly. So do you want to take us through the rhythm, the heartbeat exactly. for this project too? Exactly. First, I think we have to understand how we do conformance checks. Uh, and uh, data services uh, are uh, handling cases every week. The, every week there's a new batch. So we update our dashboards also weekly. Mm -hmm. uh, so then we can provide new variants to quality control also in a weekly basis. So Luis, can, we, can you talk us uh, yeah. how, how we do the conformance checks? Yes. So... Anna, uh, if you could show the, the, the slide with... Uh, yeah, that one. Yes. So we... For conformance checking, we have a special report that uh, allows um, uh, quality control to see the variants um, and to evaluate them. So what happens is they will evaluate uh, on a variant uh, level whether uh, you know a variant is uh, a happy flow or something worthy of investigation. So the ones uh, which are worthy of investigation uh, will 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 identify the cases of those variants uh, for inv uh, to, to be investigated. And what we what we will build is in in this sense is you you not only um, look at the variants but you also evaluate case by case basis. And uh, we build a report that allows them to uh, input their findings uh, in a persistent manner. So if you have ever evaluated a case or a variant, that comment would persist for the next round. And um, so in, in, in this way, they don't have to, when, when, when we refresh our data, they don't have to re-evaluate uh, re every variant 
that comes out of our model. So only the ones which are new will be added and the old ones, the, the ones which are the happy flow will not be uh, re-evaluated anymore. Yeah. So in that, in that way, it, it's, it's a, a, like a bite-sized um, conformance checking every week. Yeah, yeah, so they have uh, two-hour two sessions, uh, uh, mostly on, 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 on Wednesday. They check every new variant there is. Is it a good variant yeah. or is it worthy of investigation? And then we provide them with, if you can show the different, the, the next slide, uh, we provide them with cases yeah. uh, which are worthy of investigation. Uh, so uh, they can review it and they can find a solution for it. Yeah, exactly. And so here we thought for the people who are watching, who are maybe a little bit newer, who are maybe a little bit confused, what are variants, what are cases, what's the difference between that? So we thought maybe good to, to show them just briefly, like um, how this, for example, how we would do this, for example, in Disco. So for example, that's exactly what Lewis and Richard were just explaining. So like if you're looking at the process based on process mining, so for example, here uh, we have discovered a, a process um, uh, and we see the process model, but the process model contains everything, right? It com contains the complete behavior. And of course we can have more and less uh, complexity or we show more or less details. So that's what, of course, we can do. But when we are evaluating the behavior of the process, sometimes it's too much to look at the full process and the whole model uh, but so if we are going to the cases tab here it's also too detailed to look at every individual case so every case of course is like one concrete um, yeah for example in this case application that goes through the process and we can look at every every one of those but on a process level uh, what we are interested in in, in the process mining space is often what is called a variant, which is uh, basically the grouping of cases which follow the same sequence of steps, right? So, for example, here in Disco, you s we see for this particular process, which had 1,338 cases in total, uh, there are 446 variants. So, 446 different ways of going through this process from the very beginning to the very end of the process. So grouping all the cases that follow the exactly the same sequence of steps is what happens here in Disco with the variant. So for example, variant one we can see was followed by 166 cases. And in the second column here, we see all of these 166 cases that have exactly the same sequence of steps. In this case, just two steps, right? So here the variant just consists of the first step order created and the second one missing documents requested. Now the second most frequent variant has um, 69 cases and here we see group, the grouping of all those 69 cases so what we can do in disco is looking through those variants and you have rebuilt that in the in the dashboard of course that you needed for the people to look at that on a regular basis and then basically exporting the variants for them uh, on a regular basis and then also letting them know oh look this is a new variant that that we didn't see before and basically similar um, to maybe just as a last thing to show people so if you're analyzing the variants and you want to export them in a similar format like uh, Lewis has, has shown before for example you can also go to the statistics and if you're going to the variant statistics if you export them that's basically exactly what you get right so I'm exporting it here maybe just putting it on the desktop uh, so if we if we take a look at the exported file yeah that's really yeah the, the variants if we open them in Excel, for example, 
yeah, that's exactly what we, yeah, similar to what we just uh, saw before, where you have the variants, but every variant is a sequence of steps, right? So here you see, for example, step one, step two, step three. So we see variant two consists of these three steps, order created, reject, request rejected, L1, and order completed, step three. So, yeah, just so to explain, that's exactly what, when they said evaluating new variants that was they were looking on the variant level and you can see the variant here step a step b step c step step d step e right that's one variant of these steps in the in this sequence but then on the next step for the new variants um you 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 need to do a root cause analysis like is this new variant is this a good a regular variant or is it a, something that we need to concern be concerned about and for this you do need to look at individual cases again right so this was the, the investigation that you were doing. Exactly, exactly. And uh, if you show the, no, the, the one more slide with uh, with with the, the schedule, mm -hmm. this basically what our weeks uh, how weeks lo looks like. So on Tuesday, uh, there uh, a new 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 batch has been handled by uh, data services. So we do a new run of our dashboards. On Wednesday is evaluation day. So. Quality control gets new uh, conformance checks by us. So new variants, uh, then they have to evaluate. And the first day, Friday, and the Monday, uh, quality control can do a root cause analysis. What uh, what causes uh, all these uh, bad kind of uh, variants? And also uh, every uh, every week, every uh, uh, Tuesday, we sit with program management to discuss our backlog uh, and also discuss uh, some findings we did. And every first day we sit with information uh, management also to discuss uh, findings about working of their IT systems. So uh, it's not a one-off thing, it's not just analysis, it's, uh, uh, it's a continuous way of working. Yeah, it's really a heartbeat, like you like you yeah, said. It's, it's, it's a heartbeat. And my, my tip is, if you start a process mining, uh, just uh, with stakeholders, just make an agenda points, make it weekly. And uh, uh, if you don't have to discuss anything, it's okay. But uh, please uh, keep those agendas, uh, keep those uh, appointments in the agendas. Mm. Well, thanks. Thanks a lot for sharing this, um, yeah, this concrete project, but also the overall approach. I think there's a lot of good lessons and a lot of tips in there that people can can pick up and use for their own cross mining initiatives. Maybe to, yeah, in, in the kind of a closing um, round, let's talk about some some of the lessons learned. Are there any other things or things that you haven't mentioned yet, or you want to emphasize once more um, that you want yeah, to? So I think it's great to uh, su summarize all of this, uh, maybe with a, a few points. Uh, so first off, the uh, most important thing for us is uh, creating impact and change. Yeah, and and uh, a really good way to do this is also uh, make sure that you sit with your stakeholders, uh, have the right people uh, in, in your project. And I think uh, with Richard and Lewis, the heartbeat uh, and uh, the triangle is a really good example of how to do this in a, in a concrete way. Uh, furthermore, uh, small steps or uh, a minimum viable project uh, product as uh, Lewis and Richard work with. So start small, make sure that uh, what you deliver is the most important thing that you can deliver at that moment and will have the most impact. Uh, this way you can uh, grow from there. Uh, 
Uh, and also what we did is use Disco for our analysis and BI for our monitoring. So what, uh, what for also for the NOA was uh, that, that we used uh, BI also for monitoring the process as a whole and see, okay, this is currently where it's going wrong in the process. Uh, and finally, uh, education as a vehicle for deployment, making sure that um, everybody knows what we're talking about and uh, gets enthusiastic uh, about uh, process mining. Yeah, and top-down support. Really, <laughs> really support. helps. Okay. Top-down yeah. support really helps. Yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good tip to ensure for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Luis, do you have any any tips or lessons learned? Well, uh, process mining can be a great uh, tool to, to to have a data quality improvement because you work with data. Uh, you can see the gaps uh, uh, within, uh, within the, the theoretical process model and the actual, you know, uh, mind model. And also, yeah, uh, increase the efficiency of the, the process by mapping it out. Yes. Maybe one last question from the chat that we can pick up. So we yeah, we don't have time for all of them, but I'll pick one uh, that I'm also curious about. So Philippine is asking whether um, process mining, in your experience, can also help higher level management to have a better grasp of, of what's happening with customer support. So more on the direct customer interaction level. Is that something that resonates with you as something that Prosmanian can help with? Of course, of course. Uh, there are various uh, customer support uh, processes. Uh, I've never done such a process, by the way. Uh, Louis and I are currently helping with, uh, with, uh, with them. Um, but yes, the, the answer is yes. It can really help because uh, all customer uh, support pro uh, processes can be mined, I think, if there's data. So it can really help. As long as you know how the customer experienced uh, the, the uh, uh, journey or the process, then you can also look at what process variants create the best uh, customer journey to say. And what also can help... Uh, uh, if you know some details about who is uh, about the customer or like an MVP score, mm -hmm. uh, you can see hey, which process flow has the best uh, MVP score. Yeah, that you combine quality measurement or exactly. customer satisfaction measurement with the, with process. with the processes. Yeah. Or yeah, duration. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting combination. Exactly, that specifically relevant for customer support processes. But also, I think the the question, yeah, aiming at higher management, getting a better grasp. I think also is maybe the the flip side a little bit. What you mentioned with that you need the the buy in from the top, right, to have the successful project. But at the same time, yeah, management also really gets a very good overview about how the processes are. Are going yeah, in what, what helps if you, you if you show management a strategic overview, so mm -hmm. not the, the process in, in the detail with the spaghetti, just really a strategic overview. I think that that would yeah. help and make them interested in, in process mining and application to it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I really enjoyed the session. I um, think it's a great project that you that you that you shared here, but also the the overall approach how you do things. At UBB, I think um, yeah, people will take a lot uh, from this. So thanks a lot for making the time for for sharing 
your story here and for being a guest in the Postmodern Cafe. Thank you. Thank you. We enjoyed it too. Great. Very good. And also, thank you all uh, who are who are watching right now. Um, thank you for for joining us at Postman Cafe. Thank you for joining in the chat. We will um, publish the recording next week or so, along with the links uh, that we promised. And uh, we will be on a summer break next month, but we will be back uh, at the beginning of September with a new Postman Cafe about digitalization strategies. So I hope to see you there. And thanks a lot again. Bye-bye.